Chapter Twenty One of Stephen Mitchell's Journey by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty One Transferred. Do you know, Max? I believe Hillary would come to the Mitchells to board if she understood the situation. The thought came to me last night like an inspiration. I mean to write to her this morning and explain all the circumstances. I wonder that I had not thought of it before. Her brother's laugh was compassionate this time, but the only reply he made in words was, So that is your scheme, is it? She answered the laugh rather than the words. You do not approve of it, do you? Oh, as to approval, he said, smiling kindly on her, of course I have nothing to say, but as to the feasibility of the plan, you will pardon me for being skeptical. Did you not tell me she was settled in New York for the winter, and very comfortably settled? By what process of reasoning can you expect her to break up her home and come out to a very uninteresting and dreary portion of the country, among total strangers, and take up her abode in a farmhouse? If she were to be near you, that might be an inducement. But the road to the Mitchell farm is not particularly inviting in the winter." I can fancy nothing more dreary, for one accustomed to city life, than to be set down there and shut in, often by storm or cold, from getting away. "'Ah, but you see,' answered Helen eagerly, "'you do not know Hillary. If you did, a great many of those statements would go for naught, given the fact that she believed she could accomplish results.' his smile was still compassionate and superior this young man of twenty-six believed that he knew the world especially the world of women much better than did his sister so much had gertrude temple accomplished for him by his process of reasoning gertrude temple had not been weak and false above others but all women were weak by nature shrank from unpleasant situations or uncomfortable surroundings he had quite as much faith in Hilary Colchester as he had in any woman, but, as he had said to Helen, what could be her motive? Hilary does not think of herself,' explained Helen. "'She never belonged to the class of people who put self first. That there is work to be done for the master, which possibly she may be able to accomplish, will be motive enough for her.' but my dear sister there is work everywhere to be done she will not have occasion to let her talents in that direction run to waste while in new york i cannot see why she should feel called upon to put herself in unpleasant surroundings in order to work not if the thought was really an inspiration maxwell if it was the lord jesus intends that it shall be carried out now his smile was sweet to see there was not a cynical line in it. By all means, make the attempt, he said gently. If you feel impressed in that way, it will do no harm to try. The trying will work good to your own soul at least. But he went away from the table with so little faith in the coming of Hillary Colchester, and so little interest in the matter, that he forgot it entirely, although during his leisure moments that day, he revolved several projects in his mind, any one of which, if it could be brought about, might be helpful to the Mitchells. And Helen Ransom wrote her letter. 
in the course of a very few days came a reply which was so characteristic of hilary colchester that you shall have it complete my dear helen it was a joy to hear from you again and it was good in you to write me so long a letter i am deeply interested in your friends i both laughed and cried over sarah jane and steve and that poor flora ann touches my heart but your scheme fairly took my breath away for a few minutes it was so unexpected were you entirely frank in your picture my dear are the surroundings as dreary as you made them if so what a forlorn life it must have been for sarah all these years i will be glad to help her out of it no i mean help her in it if i may you are right i am fond of the country just as fond of it as i ever was though i am fond of city life also and am pleasantly situated here but not really at work yet there seems to have been no open door that i could quite enter i wonder if it was because i was needed elsewhere i shall so interpret it if your friends will receive me make all arrangements for me if you can and i will leave new york as soon as i receive your letter directing me to do so i am writing to catch the next mail out after receiving yours so there is no time for long stories nor is there need i have nothing to tell save the old story that the lord is good and that his tender mercies have been great toward me a wonderful story truly but you know it by heart of course the joy over the thought of possibly seeing you again is great the minister arched his eyebrows in evident surprise over the contents of the letter and made only this comment as he gave it back it is very direct and to the point but i confess i am astonished at the result of course you know helen that i hope it will work out according to your desires but you have no faith in it nevertheless nor in her was his sister's mental comment you believe that all women except mother and possibly myself are built after the fashion of your shattered idol and amount to very little in the aggregate i hope your eyes may be opened some time perhaps there was a little resentful sparkle in her eyes as she indulged in these thoughts it really was hard with the prospect of hilary so near her to have so unsympathetic and unappreciative a brother a word of explanation is necessary as to why this beloved friend of her youth had never come in contact with her brother hilary west had been helen ransom's roommate during her entire four years course at a boarding school which was distant several hundred miles from her home from almost the first day of their companionship they had been friends congenial in tastes and pursuits wonderfully unlike in outward appearance yet wonderfully alike at heart they had grown toward each other through all these years of course the home people had heard a great deal about helen's school friend and many plans had been made in regard to her coming to spend some weeks with helen but various household matters in both families had intervened to prevent this and at last hilary west had graduated married and sailed for india with her husband without ever having met any of her friend's family up to that point life had been continued sunlight with her 
the only child in a lovely home surrounded by all the beauty and culture that wealth and refined taste could secure consecrated from her early childhood by christian parents to the service of the master whithersoever he would call her she had been given to the far-away work in india with tears it is true but with tender tears in which smiles intermingled father and mother felt their hearts breaking at the thought of parting with her yet were proud and glad to part with her for such a cause she had made a safe pleasant journey to her far-away home and begun what she thought was her life-work under circumstances the most hopeful for success then the shadows began to fall the first news from home brought word that the father had been called from them without a moment's warning this had left the mother and the little sister only seven years old desolate it almost seems as though mother needed me now the young wife had said with trembling lips looking up at her husband but he had bent to kiss the lips which trembled so and to say tenderly the lord knows my darling did he not send you out here to work among those who need you so she had thought and her faith upheld her during the mysteries of that dark hour she had need for faith for the darkness thickened about her before he had mastered the language so that he could preach even one sermon to the benighted souls he came to reach though not before he had by his kindly ways and skilful ministrations to those in physical need won some hearts the young missionary succumbed to the disease which makes victims of so many in that land and the six months old bride was a widow now indeed there was nothing to hinder her from going back to the mother whom she had thought needed her for the customs and superstitions in that heathen land are such as to make a widow all but useless as a missionary so as soon as mrs colchester could arrange her affairs she sailed alone for america a long weary dangerous voyage detained by storm almost shipwrecked in perils often by land and sea she reached new york only to learn as the first item of news given to her after she trod her native soil that her mother too had gone home to god father and mother and husband in less than one year gathered home would it have been any wonder if the young spirit whose life had been heretofore so bright had been almost crushed i confess that such a result would not have seemed wonderful but to know that the faith of this young woman was equal to the strain and that after the first shock of the added sorrow was over nay even while the first hours of it were still upon her she cried out though he slay me yet will i trust in him and after a little with lips that quivered and smiled it is all right he knows that is i confess to me almost a mystery but thank god there are on record many such grand triumphs of faith over sorrow helen ransom had gone at once to her friend upon her arrival in this country and had brought her to spend two precious weeks with her in her father's home before she went to take up what was now her life work the care and training of her little sister nina but young ransom had been hard at work in the second year of his seminary course at the time and had not met his sister's friend truth to tell 
he had very little interest in meeting her. "'All girls have friendships,' he told his mother, in that oracular fashion in which young men are wont to talk. "'And they are always perfect, while it lasts. Helen's dearest is perfect, of course, and in a few years she will not even write to her. I don't think young men have such exclusive friendships. They are more sensible in their arrangements, and think enough of a good many nice fellows, and let it go at that.' If Helen corresponds with this paragon of perfection in five years from now, I shall have some curiosity to see her. This had been in response to a suggestion from his mother, while he was at home for the short vacation, that he should go out of his way on his journey back, a two-hour's ride, in order to make the acquaintance of Mrs. Colchester. There was just one young woman at that time whom he considered worthy of taking a two-hours ride to meet, and that was Gertrude Temple. To his mother's hint that his sister's friend was a missionary, and therefore worthy of all the respect that could be paid her, he answered, "'Certainly, my dear mother, if it were going to do her or the missionary cause any good in life, I would take an extra journey at the risk of the breaking up of a week,' in order to shake hands with her. But we must remember that she can have quite as little desire to see me as I have to see her, so it is an unnecessary sacrifice. She has my respect and my sympathy, of course. Her threefold sorrow must have almost crushed the life out of her, and indeed I honestly think that the best thing strangers can do for her at such a time is to let her alone." that was two years before, and still they had not met. Neither, it must be confessed, was Mr. Ransom any more anxious to meet this woman than he had been in the past. In fact, he shrank from the ordeal in dismay. Had he felt that there was the slightest prospect of Helen being able to carry out her scheme, he would have urged against it. A sad-faced, broken-spirited woman, was not the one he would have chosen to have come in contact with the Mitchell family in any effort to help them. Moreover, what did she know of life from such a standpoint? It was all very well to be a missionary, and it required a certain form of sacrifice which he admired and respected. But she had gone out to India from a home of wealth and elegance. She had come back from India to inherit the large fortune which her father had left her, and was able to surround herself with elegance still. What had she in common with such a life as she would have to live? Helen was wild, he told himself, half irritably. She thinks that because a girl has spent six months in India as a missionary, she is ready to take up home mission work of this sort. Nothing is more absurd. She will be miserable herself, and will make their lives miserable." I gave her credit for some degree of common sense when she declined Helen's invitation to be her guest at my house, but she must have taken leave of it now. As for Helen, I am amazed. The whole scheme is as unlike her usual good sense as possible. On the whole, the minister was very much perturbed. The improbable had happened. An attack of melancholy, he thought, had induced the rich young widow to turn her steps toward martyrdom. "'To the great discomfiture of all concerned, I have no doubt,' he muttered, 
and was perverse enough to feel relieved when, all arrangements having been made, on the day appointed for the stranger's arrival he was summoned by telegraph to a distant town, where an old college friend lay ill. Circumstances connected with the friend's illness and death necessitated a Sabbath's absence from home, and an exchange of pulpits for the Sabbath following. So that, in point of fact, Mrs. Colchester had been domiciled in the Mitchell homestead for nearly two weeks, and yet Mr. Ransom had not seen her. When at last her brother reached home, he was so entirely indifferent to the newcomer that Helen felt piqued, and half resolved to wait until he himself proposed a call. However, after four days' waiting, she meekly suggested one morning that they improve the pleasant weather and hard roads by riding out to the Mitchell farm. The minister assented with a grave countenance, as if he were resigning himself to a necessity. Of course it was a call which must be made some time, and really ought, in courtesy, to have been made before. Flora Ann, who had been installed as help, admitted them, much flurried thereby, and left them standing in the hall while she went to receive directions. Calls were not common at the Mitchells, and Flora Ann's reign had been too recent for her to learn what was proper under existing circumstances. She had no sooner disappeared from view than Sarah Jane's head was to be seen leaning over the baluster. "'Oh, Miss Ransom!' she said. "'Is it you? Could you come upstairs just a minute? And would Mr. Ransom wait there a few minutes? I will come down just as quick as I can.' Mr. Ransom cordially signified his willingness to wait there any length of time, and Helen disappeared. The door leading into the Mitchell parlor stood invitingly open, and the minister, gazing into it abstractedly, not realizing that he was gazing, became suddenly aware that it had undergone a change. He had been in this dreary room several times during the early fall, but the glimpse which he had of it now gave an impression utterly different from that which had lingered in his memory. It dawned upon him that the parlor must have been given up to the boarder. No sooner had he settled this than the occupant of the room appeared before him. He remembered afterward just how she looked. Quite unlike the mental picture he had unconsciously made of her. That person was tall and had steely blue eyes and fluffs of yellow hair about her forehead. He could not have told why. No personal description of the woman for whom he had conceived an unreasoning dislike had ever been given him. This woman was perhaps below the medium height, and the arrangement of her hair was very unlike the prevailing style, but fitted the face to perfection. Her eyes were brown, like her hair, and there was a healthy color on cheek and lips. A young, fair, pleasant-faced woman in a plain black dress. She had come swiftly toward the stranger as soon as she caught sight of him, her face breaking into a smile of recognition. "'Is not this the pastor?' She spoke the title as though there needed nothing else to win recognition and respect. As he half-confusedly bowed assent, she held out her hand cordially. "'I thought so. Helen resembles you. Come in, Mr. Ransom. We receive our friends in this room.' 
End of chapter 21